Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Thanks for joining us from 12 until 3 p.m. You can text us by sending your thoughts and comments via the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. That's the number to text in, uh, 704-570-9610. A lot to get to, as always. We will talk about LeBron's scoring records that he set last night against the Oklahoma City Thunder, which they lost the game, but LeBron gained the record. He won the record of the all-time leading points getter in the association. We'll get to that. We want to hear if you stayed up for it, if you made it as an adult in this world, just trying to make it day-to-day. Were you able to stay up? At midnight, I believe, is when the actual speech was taking place, and you dozed off a little bit, right? Yeah, I was trying. Fit to cut my dog on mic on. He didn't want to hear anything about LeBron. Right, right. Yeah, uh, I was uh, got in the bed. I was like, man, I'll just wait until the morning. Then I got the text that he was 16 points away. I said, well, the sports junkie and me can't miss it. Let's stay up. Then, you know, as it, as it kept counting down, uh, I started doing the move. Where I turned my head and closed my eyes for two seconds. <laughs> and that's normally the countdown, the precursor to me falling asleep. Are you in a recliner or are you No, on? I'm just in my bed, like full on, because oh, okay. I have a TV in my room, gotcha. so I'm in the bed. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I think I was like eight points away when I really started dozing. I think I missed four and two. And then uh, when he got the last one, I heard the roar of the crowd and I heard the announcement. I woke up and I was like, oh, let me rewind that back. Because the the energy was crazy. It was a lot of fun. Every time they said, which I didn't watch the game from the beginning, but I know Shannon Sharp said from the time that at the beginning of the game when he touched the ball, the crowd was already lit. Oh, yeah. Well, you heard it with every bucket. I mean, you were 36 points away. The first bucket he hits. Yeah. Right. We're we're 34 (laughs) away. Yeah. Well, what's crazy, too, is once he wore the suit, That suit was Vicious. It was done. Oh, that was this vicious. coming from the swag lord himself. Oh man, you saw. I put the tweet out. I said he must have gone in my closet. <laughs> I couldn't have picked a better suit. That Wes, suit was vicious. Wes, if you have that in your closet, I got one question for you. What the hell are you doing? What you say? That thing's probably about about <laughs> five twenty. It it is twenty thousand dollars suit. I, I repeat, what the hell are you doing here? If you right. got that suit in your closet, <laughs> and if so, please let me go Ooh, with you if you decide that to thing leave. Was vicious. We'll get to that in just a moment, but we have some ACC college basketball to talk about last night. Wake Forest, they get a big win over North Carolina. They get the dub over the Tar Heels, ninety-two to eighty-five. It didn't seem that close, certainly not in the first half. And now we have lots of questions about the heels. Let's get off the bus asking those questions. Fiddy, open up the doors. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Much like we saw Duke against Miami, 
not come out of the gates playing well at all. It's exactly what happened with the Tar Heels playing on the road against Wake Forest. When they went into the locker room at halftime, the Demon Deacons had a 47-25 to lead. They actually came back a little bit, scored 60 points in the second half, and eventually not able to get it close enough for them to have a real shot within the final two minutes, minute or so. And it's a bad loss for North Carolina, as we mentioned. And I think what makes it worse, we were always going to have a bad conversation surrounding the heels if they lost this mm-hmm. game, but the way they lost, the way they got destroyed right from the get-go, Wes, there are some real problems in Chapel Hill right now. Yeah, and winning, like they say, is the best deodorant, but now that Carolina has lost three straight, all types of things are coming out of the closet. They're talking about R.J. Davis and Caleb Love sharing uh, R.J. Davis's girlfriend, and R.J. Davis did not want that, so they're saying that that's an issue on the team. You just see all types of stuff coming out, but as far as on the court, (laughs) you know I love the sports drama, baby. I'm Mm -hmm. here for it all. But when you talk about what happened on the court, I knew early on when Wake jumped out on them, I said, man, when they got up around 25, 24, 25 points, I said, Wake's got this game. They just need to cruise and just keep making baskets. Carolina made a little bit of a run, which I expected. But, you know, Carolina just came out lifeless. And that's the thing I've been saying about this team all year. They haven't been playing with the hunger, the vengeance. And then losing to your rival, you would think that you would come out uh, like a pack of dogs against Wake Forest. And that just wasn't the case. Even my mom, we were watching the game, and she was like, they just look like they don't care. Wes Leakey is taking a nice stroll across the length of the court because he, I guess he can't see Appleby, but it doesn't matter. Dribble the ball down the court and then go slam it home. And then I think he gets fouled by Appleby but misses the shot when you could have just had an easy breakaway dunk in order to get some momentum to actually like serve that as a boost to the team and nothing happens and that's just one play of a bunch where North Carolina did not have that energy look man Armando Baycott I truly believe watching him play that is the guy that 100% has it every single night like at least he is going to bring it and it's hard for a post player because you're not bringing up the ball um, down the court And, and I also saw this too you know Wake Forest they're protecting the basket and Armando in order to be aggressive would have to get the basketball further away like in the high post a little bit further away than just short corner and then he's trying to take guys off the dribble and that's not his game like he just don't have handles like that so he relies on his guards to feed him a post entry pass but Caleb Love's too busy shooting 25 times and only making nine of them you know RJ I've never had a problem with his lack of aggression or his his aggression right because I want to see more of it at times he's Mm -hmm. a guy that will settle for a lot of mid-range jumpers. He'll drive by his perimeter defender and then pull up before the trees come out and contest that shot, so it's fine. But man, like, run your offense through Armando. He only had five free throw attempts, right? When we talk about his two against Duke, you could see that it's actually not crazy far off of the amount of attempts that he would usually get, right? Like, the team overall only having three, yes, it was historic. But Armando only having two against Duke, he has three more in this game against Wake. I mean, we've seen that type of thing before, and I think that's where you can start to talk about Hubert Davis a little bit, forcing this team to play through Armando more so. And the problem is Hubert is letting Caleb shoot some of these shots. A part of this also is Caleb's responsibility himself. He feels it upon himself. Hey, I got to shoot 
shoot this team back into the game, but he's actively hurting. Mm-hmm. Man, you can't go 9 of 25. And the thing is, it's not like this is is infrequent. Like, we see this a lot from Caleb Love, and he's a huge problem with Yeah, it. and I do think he is a problem as far as his shot selection is concerned. But the one thing I will give him is at least offensively he comes out and he's aggressive, for better or for worse. And a lot of times it is for worse. A lot of times. But <laughs> I'm just saying I don't see aggression from Carolina's perimeter players. R.J. Davis picks and chooses. Some nights he looks like a killer. Other nights he looks like, you know, a teddy bear out there, for lack of a better term. I want to see Carolina, to me, they have a hierarchy. It's Armando Baycott and then those two guards. Those two should be coming out playing aggressive from the outset, attacking the paint, shooting the ball from three, and then Armando getting the ball in the post. And I think if they play like that, they're really hard to beat. But none of those guys, Pete Nance, uh, Puff Johnson, none of these guys play aggressively offensively. And I think that's Carolina's big thing, too. I I will say this, though. If Caleb is the guy that is playing more aggressively than everybody, and it serves as a detriment, but it's hard to get into a flow if Caleb's doing this whole ISO jacking up 25 shots thing, right? And so I do think that is a part of the equation here. But regardless, they lose. Let's hear from some of the figureheads with North Carolina basketball. Here's Hubert Davis talking about what he told the guy after the game. I think I've said that before that every time that I speak to the team I'm speaking to 30 to 40 voices. They're not just 18. Uh, The voices of families, the voices of friends, the voices of phones, the voices of agents, the voices of workout guys. Mm. And that's why that I tell them to turn down the noise from the phone, the family, and the friends. And that's why I give them Bible verses, like Proverbs 4.25, and tell them to ignore all sideshow distractions. Keep your eyes straight ahead because the people and the teams that are able to do that best are the ones that have a better chance of being successful. So are you saying there, there are some distractions with the team? I'm not saying that. I just told you what I was talking to the team. So there's some distractions. Maybe not. Hubert said that. What are you giving the stank face for, <laughs> Wes? How are you going to say, I'm not saying there's distractions, but clearly your quote just said that there's distractions. This is a problem, okay? First of all, this is the new age of college basketball where these kids have a lot more financial freedom. Uh, these kids have their own brands now that they're focused on. So I'm with Fiddy 100% as far as this is the new era of college basketball that you're dealing with. But at the end of the day, you are the head coach. You can tell these guys, no phones here, no phones there. This won't happen here or you'll be gone. This won't happen there or you'll be gone. Tell your mom and daddy and them where they can go if they got a problem with this. You can go to another program. That's the type of ship you're going to have to run. Like I watched Deion Sanders' program on Prime uh, Video. He does that with his team. So as the head coach, you have to establish that I am the guy up in here and you're going to listen to what I say or you'll be gone. And it's not going to – you might 
take a loss in the short term as far as losing some players that can help you. But when you get your type of guys in that are willing to fall under your program and your culture, you will be better for it. But I blame a lot of that on Hubert. You got to start telling Cass what time it is. All right, Wes, uh, we had a text in the Garage Door Guru text line. Somebody said, Wes, are you going to let Walker and Fitty you know, talk the whole show about what's wrong with UNC instead of giving credit to Wake? But there's a reason we set it up this way. We'll talk about Wake plenty no in this doubt. next And we segment. got the head in charge, That's the head right. man in charge coming in in the next segment, baby. I got you, Deacon so, Nation. So there Come you go, on, Deacon man. Nation. We are going to be talking with Steve Forbes coming up in the next segment to discuss his big win, 92-85 over North Carolina. It's coming up at 1220. Stick around on the Wesson Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. What's going on, Queen City? We are back. The Wes and Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on the Garage garage Door. God, that gets me every time. Door Guru. Text line 704-570-9610. Also, hit us up on Twitter, man. We just put a fresh reel up there for you. At Wes and Walker. W-E-S-A-N-D-W-A-L-K-E-R. And listen, man, I know for the Wake fans out there, they're saying, why are you talking about the Don Hills? Well, listen, it's Deacon time. I don't okay? even know what he said. <laughs> <laughs> we got the head demon Deacon coming up in here. My man, Steve Forbes, on the line to talk about this big win yesterday. Coach, how's it going? Well, guys, it's going good. Thanks for having me. Um, great win last night. Got a quote-unquote day off today, so we're enjoying the win. Now, Coach, I told you, man, at media day when you came in the room, you got mad at me for telling Armando that we were going to get him again. I'm the, yeah. the ACC DN guy, too. But I told you, Coach, we got to let him know we're coming and still beat him, man, and that's what we did last night. Well, we did. You know, we led the whole game pretty much. We led for 37 minutes. And uh, credit to my team. They got off to a great start. You know, Ty Appleby did an unbelievable job running the offense. And, you know, um, Damari Monsanto made some big threes early. We just got off to a great start, you know, and had a big lead at halftime and, uh, you know, kind of eased on in for the win. We didn't – they never really threatened us. They got a couple times there where, you know, still three-possession game, and credit to them for to continue to fight. But we, you know, for 37 minutes, we pretty much controlled the game. Now, Coach, how satisfying was this win? Because you guys have had some recent close calls where you were yeah. right there, came down to the last shot, and then coming off that Notre Dame win where it was looking a little bleak early, but then you yeah. guys woke up. Was that kind of an awakening for your team? See what I did there? 
But was that yeah, an awakening that. That. <laughs> for this that. team where they said, all right, it's time to turn it on? Yeah, you know, it's basketball, right? I mean, these games are hard. They're all close, hard-fought games. We lost, Like you said, we lost three games in a row by two points each game. So those are tough losses, but we're right there. Credit to the players for staying confident and uh, staying resilient. We went up to, as you said, we went to Notre Dame on Saturday, and it was 16-4, and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> you know, and we got like eight turnovers in the first 10 minutes. We only had five in the whole game last night, and it's like, what are we doing? And then all of a sudden we scored 77 points in 30 minutes and make 14 threes, and confidence is a, you know, it comes and goes, and you got to stay confident in basketball. And, our guys are confident. I told them they could they could flip this thing quickly, and you know, so far this week they've done a good job with the wins at Notre Dame. And then last night against Carolina, Coach. Now you are developing a, a reputation for having a keen eye in that transfer portal. Yeah. When you talk about guys like Alonis Williams taking him to ACC Player of the Year, Jake Laravia, first round pick. Now you got Appleby, Monsanto, Davian Williamson. How are you able to pinpoint these guys who aren't necessarily studs like an Alondis Williams, who was an obscure yeah. player at Oklahoma, and then turn them into big contributors? Like, what do you see in these guys where you're able to get them in and turn them into to studs? Well, I think some of it is they're, they're all gifted offensive players. It's just getting in the right system for them. It's not that they're systems they play in were wrong and maybe just didn't fit their abilities. I think we do a good job of, of, you know, skewing, changing our system a little bit to the strengths and weaknesses of our players, putting them in position to score and putting them in position to be successful. And that's really what a, a coach has to do. I think you got to do your homework. You got to find guys who love basketball. You got to find guys who are competitive. Like Ty Appleby is a fierce competitor. He loves to play. He loves to practice. He's got an infectious personality. All that rubs off on the on the entire team, and so, you know, some of that stuff you don't totally know until you get them. But I do think it's just a matter of these guys fitting. They're really good players. We we put them in a system that that highlights their abilities, and they've done a great job, as you said, Jake and, and Landis and and Ty and Davian and Damari and Hadim and Dallas. All those guys did a really good job for us. Wake Forest head basketball coach Steve Forbes joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Coach, you talk about adapting your philosophy, your scheme to the players that you have within your roster. And this year, I mean, we just saw it yesterday with Tyree Appleby running pick and roll heavy. You called it putting the other team in jail. What is yeah. the biggest change as far as the philosophy, the scheme you run now compared to what you had last year with a couple of those guys that we just mentioned? Oh, great question. You know, Ty's just—he's um, better. He's more of a—he's a more of a point guard than Alondis. Alondis just kind of evolved into that due to the players that we had on our team. But the Ty is a spectacular at negotiating the ball screen. He does a really good job of reading his progressions. And last night, like in the first half, they were in a drop ball screen coverage, and so you know he got over—you know—he got over the ball screen, and then he put his his defender, the guard, in jail by getting him on his hip. And then that big has to make a decision, you know, and, and Matthew Marsh is such good, good at rolling and he's so good at throwing that lob. The big has to decide to take tie or take the lob. And then it puts him in a tough situation. The second half, they tried to switch him, you know, and Ty was able to drive Nance, was able to drive Baycoat and get to the basket. So basically, it's always kind of been in there. We're just a little more heavy on the ball screen this year, just based on. 
Ty's ability to to read it, not only for himself, but for others. Well, I mean, he played 37 minutes. Ty's been playing a ton this year, and you kind of talked about how when he went to the bench, North Carolina started to go on a little run, and then you put Ty back out there. So, So for me, this is actually a problem, in my opinion, for a lot of college basketball teams, just because great point guard play is hard to come by. I mean, when when they're the organizers of the offense, it's tough to have success when they go to the bench. How important is that for you guys to try to give Ty maybe a little bit more of a breather every now and then and have some of that success when he's on the bench? Is that something that you could see getting better as the season goes on? You'd like to, you know, one of the things I'm not making excuses, but my, my, the point guard that I recruited to come in here with him, it had a season ending injury. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't been able to play. And, and then, you know, so we've played Cameron Hildreth and Davian Winston in there a little bit. And it is important. We try to steal him a little time, maybe before the 12-minute media in the first half, get him in there, you know, let him sit through the whole media and then get him back in. Last night, I, I tried to get him out, and they went on a 6-0 run at a couple timeout. Now, the other thing is they're young guys. They're 20-some years old, and they're playing two games a week. I think they can handle it, you know, and – and I think it's it's important to have your best players on the court as long as as, as long as you can have them on there. Coach Damari Monsanto last night he liked the tweet that I put out. I said that he is a oh. shooter's shooter. I mean, mm-hmm. every time he gets the ball, I'm sitting there watching him, predicting that he's going to put it up. What kind of green light does he have, and what do you tell him before he goes into the games? Well, green. I'm not sure. There might be a different shade of green for him. I'm not sure that there's an invented there's a term for that. Um, you know, I just like for him to, to take him in rhythm. You know, and and how he's getting a little bit. He's getting a little more proficient off the bounce. But most three point shooters aren't great shooters off the bounce. You know, some are. Most of them are off the catch. He's got deep range, and you know, I'll tell you when he shoots it. Majority of the time, when it's coming off his hand, it looks like it's going in. You know, he's got great feel for his shot, great rotation, and the one thing Damari has over a lot of guys is that he's you know he's six six, close to six seven, so he could get that thing off. And you know, he's getting a lot of attention. And one of the things that Damari did last night that goes unnoticed, he did a great job screening. He got he got three or four buckets for us by screening because his guy wasn't going to come off and help. Mm. And so, and also he's a spacer. Like when he's in, the reason why Ty can get to the rim now, you think about it, it's not just Matthew Marshall on the roll, but it's having Demari over there on the ball side. They're not coming off of that, and so he, that opens up a lot of things. His just him being out there, and so uh, he does a lot of really good things for our team. And um, he, I think I saw something I don't know before the game, after the game. He has most threes in high major power five basketball uh, this year, and. And, you know, guys, he probably played four or five games. He didn't even make – he didn't early in the year. He hardly played. You know, he wasn't playing well. He was going through a tough time there with his sister passing away. And so he just – you know, he's done this in a pretty rapid fashion. Coach, Jim Beheim came out and made some comments about different teams and what they had yeah. to do. And then he had to walk them back, especially after you came out and said what you said. But just talking about that in the – the the theme of buying teams like how yeah. difficult is it uh for coaches out there for you to have to recruit with that uh type of stuff going on knowing that some teams do do that and yeah. it is legal but just right. you know talk about how you felt about that well i mean first of all you just said it, it's legal okay and so there's a there's a connotation or you know when you say the word bot you know hey you're doing something that's not right and 
and uh, if it, NIL is NIL, it's the rule. You either like it or you don't. My my problem with it was, and, and Coach and I are fine. I mean, I respect. He knows how much I respect him, and you know, we just that's not how we did it, have done it here. That's not how we did this team. We don't have anybody on that. You know, when we recruited them, and very few on it even now. We didn't even have a collective until November, a third-party collective, which we're still trying to figure that out. So I haven't had that, and which is fine. I'm not mad, but I didn't I didn't assemble my team in that manner. And so, um, you know, we he 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 called me. We talked about it, and I'm fine. But NILs changed everything. You know, um, one-time transfers. Those things are have changed a lot of things for not just fans, but for coaches. And you know, really, truthfully, I thought it would be about retention, like keeping your players that have accomplished something, not pay for play, and it's really kind of turned into pay for play. And I don't know if that's how that's going to change. And I know the NCAA is trying to step down on it, but I don't know if that'll happen. You know, and so I didn't envision it that way. And really, recruiting is recruiting till it becomes a negotiation, as far as I'm concerned, what I've seen. And, you know, people say, well, it's not about the money. It's always about the money. Don't ever get that twisted. And and so, I mean, and I don't blame the kids. I don't blame the parents. This is the environment that we're in, and this is what we're going to have to deal with. Wakehead basketball coach Steve Forbes joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Coach, one thing we've been talking about quite a bit this season is just the depth of the league, the overall strength of the ACC. And you're seeing a team like Clemson where they're atop the standings right now, but there are some people that have put out there that maybe they don't even make the tournament if things don't go their way the second half, right? So it's just kind of interesting, some of the polarizing opinions about this conference. How strong is it to you compared to maybe last year, the first year you were here as well where do you see the ACC right now you know it's I think there's a lot like I think you just said it there's a lot of really good teams I don't know if there's an elite team I think that the elite team is if there is one is probably Virginia you know but everybody else is just really darn good and so you can get beat any night you know I don't know we, we have so many teams you know like if you compare us to the other leagues you know, we got we got we just got more numbers, and so the bottom is going to be the bottom, and whoever that is right now. But um, I don't look at that stuff right now because it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter for me. You know what I mean? We got so many games left; this stuff can change. Um, but I I think there's a lot of really good teams, and you know we we went through it. I mean, we played we played what we played Virginia, Pitt, NC State, Duke, you know Carolina in a row. You know, um, and Notre Dame. So, I mean, it's like, tell me who's easy in that deal. You know, I mean, and, and, and even Notre Dame, who's not having a great year, they got the majority of their team back, went 15 and 5 last year. You know, and so you catch them on the wrong day and you could get beat. Like, see, we're down 16 4. Um, I was very impressed with Clemson the first time we played them. Uh, I thought I really liked PJ Hall and Hunter Tyson and the team. I haven't seen Miami yet because we haven't played them. Uh, NC State's Gosh, Jarkel Joyner, DJ Burns, you know, obviously Travion Smith. There's some teams, you know, that are playing really well. In Virginia, I mean, picking up Vanderplas was a big, you know, deal for him. Think about this with transfers. I mean, everybody's talking about transfers. I mean, Tony's, you know, Virginia's starting three guys that transferred there, and that's Virginia, you know. And so it, it has changed the game. It has changed the way a lot of us recruit. All right, Coach. So the number one question 
of this interview that I want to ask. Okay. okay. I come back to Winston for football games. I haven't been back to a basketball game in a while, and I'm trying to get back, Coach. I'm trying to get back. But listen, come on. I want to know in Winston-Salem, what are two to three of your absolute favorite places to eat? Okay, oh, yeah. I, I need more guys. I've, I've been trying some new places lately, but what are two or three yeah. of your favorite places well, to eat? This is going to be, see, but I'm, I'm pretty simple, man. I live okay. right across the street from Wake. Okay. You know, so I don't venture off my block too far very often. Like, I go right up the street to Fratelli's. Okay, you yeah. You know, I go around the corner to, to, to uh, Potter's. I mean, I'm pretty simple dude now. Okay. You know, um, I've had me some hot dogs over there at Pulliam's before. Okay. Um. I don't know. You know, I mean, I get my coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, I've, been over, <laughs> I've been over here to the Village Tavern a few times across the street from my house. I ate at this crepe place today. I don't know my wife for breakfast. <laughs> I don't even know what it's called. It's pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I, I mean, I my wife goes downtown more than I do. I, yeah. You know, I don't. I just don't venture out. You know, a whole lot. Um, but uh, Tortelli's is probably my go-to just because it's right up the street. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that instead of Dunkin'. That would have been a problem <laughs> if you said Dunkin' well, Donuts. Dunkin', which Dunkin', <laughs> listen, it's so bad. Like, when I go there to the drive-up, hey, coach, how you doing? You want the same thing today? Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> you know, I get my uh, coffee and my, and my wake-up wraps, and that's it. You know, and I'm, and I'm driving into campus. So um, Yeah, Coach, yeah. I, I went to Fratelli's uh, over the holiday break, man. They gave me the saltiest spaghetti and meatballs I've ever had. I had to send it back. Oh, no. I had no to send Fratelli's. it back. No, yeah, no. I did. I'm just I keeping mean, it a buck. But I did get a steak after that, and it was good. That porch. I mean, there's all kinds of great places here. And I'm probably offended every donor that we have now that I've said what I said. But, you know, I mean, you asked me, so I'll tell you. Coach, you've been, a, you've been a mountain fried chicken before? Um, I haven't, but I have, I think we, I haven't been there. I think we catered it one time. Yeah. Coach, you got to go there, man. You got to yeah, go to Mount Fry. Every football oh, yeah. game. Yeah. Every football well, game. My mom and I go there. Cause well, listen, my son's 11. He already wears an 11 and a half shoe. He's already balling. So let's go. Yeah. I don't know if we, if you can get your hands on them quite yet, but we'll see though. Cause we got to work hey. out that NIL deal. Hey, we can do that right across, <laughs> the, right across the street from the Joel is prime time. That is awesome. That's another spot we go to. We we cater that with our team. So there's a lot of good places. It's great. Winston's a great place. Great All, right. place All right, Coach. Well, listen, Wake Forest basketball coach Steve Forbes, best of luck to you this season. Coach, we need to get some ACC tournament wins. Listen, I'll be there. I'll be rooting for you guys, okay? But right. best of luck to you as the season goes along. Well, get your, get up here to a game. So I we will. Can, we get in the, in the joy. It was rocking last night. We got it back. Let's get it going. All right, man. No doubt about it. That was Steve Forbes. When we come back on the Wesson Walker Show, we're going to talk about one of our favorite things here, Hornets trades, what could happen, what could not happen, deal or no deal on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. to Steve Forbes joining us to talk about Wake Forest win last night over North Carolina. We'll put that interview on the website WFNZ.com. It's really easy to find. All you got to do is just click on the Weston Walker tab and then the Steve Forbes interview will be there along with the other hours, the best of segments here on Weston Walker and you can text us and get involved in the show as always on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610 So we got a couple of text coming in here joey from huntersville um is putting something oh he he's talking a little bit more about the rj davis and caleb love rumor mm. that is going around with this team uh i don't know how much slide to give to that i don't know much i know that you are about the drama yep. but it's clear that there are some problems with this team and i don't know about how much of it's off court i just know on court they are not clicking and this was a legitimate problem for north carolina last year the whole your turn, my turn type stuff, trying to figure out lead guard duties between Caleb and between RJ, but it worked out in the NCAA tournament. I mean, Caleb was hitting shots and RJ was also being like everybody's favorite Tar Heel, pretty much outside of Armando. Everybody loves RJ. And this year they've just got a lot of problems. So we can talk about it a little bit later on in the show. It's time now to talk a little bit more about the professional ranks. Wes, we have the NBA trade deadline coming up tomorrow. Mm. And you know, it's going to be fun. We're going to be in prime time trade deadline territory from 12 to 3. And so we might hear a lot of the breaking news sounder. I wonder if we need to make something especially for the NBA trade deadline sounder. Because you know how like the jump now NBA today, they got their own like cannon thing. They shoot up anytime a trade uh, comes in. We're going to be having our own show right up until the deadline. We need to get it popping in here. And I think we can. Lucky us. It's going to be fun. I always love trade deadlines. I always love when those trades come rolling in. It's It's always something just fascinating about seeing guys get traded. It's a seller's market. So I don't know if there's going to be a fascinating trade deadline, because even with there being a lot of people that are looking to sell or excuse me, not seller's market. I'm sorry. Well, it is a seller's market. Cause there are a lot of people looking to buy. Sorry. I got twisted there, but yeah. So how many people are going to be looking to go the opposite? Because it does take two to tango. I, I eventually think this is going to be a fun trade deadline, but here we are. And we got Kyrie that happened real fast. I'm interested in how the Charlotte Hornets are going to operate with all of this because there have been multiple players mentioned in a lot of different rumors. Hell, we went fishing earlier today on Lockdown Hornets because Jake Fisher, who comes out constantly during trade deadline time and discussed some of the rumors surrounding the Charlotte Hornets, and he said that not only have the Lakers shown interest in Terry Rozier, but they've also shown, uh, but Minnesota has also shown interest in Terry, which is a team that has not been mentioned as much. I looked at the payroll. D'Angelo Russell is someone that's making $30 million just this season, but then it's an expiring contract. And so maybe you could try to match salaries that way, but I don't know how much sense it would make for Minnesota. 
P.J. Washington is another name out there. Miami is interested again. They were interested in P.J. last year. They're interested again in P.J. But now things have kind of changed because none of that money is going to go to Miles Bridges, at least at the moment. And even if they bring back Miles, certainly not going to be at $30 million a year right. like he was set to get before he was arrested for felony domestic violence. And so now are you putting that money more towards P.J.? And it seems like Rumors have kind of indicated as such before we get to deal or no deal. And I propose trades that Bill Simmons made up via the fake trade machine and Ian Black of Sports Illustrated. What do you think about some of those rumors I just mentioned? Minnesota possibly being interested in Terry as well as Miami being interested in PJ. Yeah, Minnesota seems like one of those teams that are just stuck in a rut. Like it doesn't matter who they get, what's going on. Towns is not back yet. Um, so it just seems like they're one of those teams that no matter who they get, they're kind of stuck. But I think that, I mean, Terry could help them. Is there a huge difference between right. him and D'Angelo Russell? I don't know. Well, so, right, because D'Angelo is actually having a better shooting season this year than he has ever. Right. And it's still pretty decent volume from three point range. And yet Minnesota still is underperforming. So do you want an older version of D'Angelo, but more contract control? On a not a better deal, but a a smaller deal, right? Thirty million for D'Angelo this season, and it's like twenty two, twenty three. Basically, do you want older version of D'Angelo longer, or do you just want to free that money up? I would imagine they want to free the money yeah, up. Yeah, I would think so too. But we'll see. And then PJ to Miami. It, it's it's hard to make a deal happen with Miami. Their money is kind of weird because they're not going to trade Jimmy Butler. They're not going to trade Bam Adebayo. They don't have a ton of picks. They actually don't have a lot of second rounders. They have a couple of first, but are you trading a first for PJ? And then you're talking about possibly taking on bad money because Kyle Lowry has been rumored to be shipped out of there. Duncan Robinson's contract is awful. The rest of the money is kind of hard to match and up. Hero's got a big deal too. Well, and, and they're not going to trade Hero, right? Right. So it's weird. I, I don't know. I don't know how you'd make a deal happen with Miami, but you would have to get maybe some of those picks. All right, let's do it. Howie Mandel, he's in the house. Let's play some deal or no deal. Here's the first one for you, Wes, and Fiddy will get to you right after. We'll go around the room. This one proposed by the fake trade master himself, Bill Simmons of The Ringer. Here's what he put out there. It's a three-team trade, so I'll try to read this clearly. Charlotte would receive Cam Reddish, Dario Saric from Phoenix, and a first-round pick from Phoenix. Okay, this is a Phoenix first-round pick. Cam Reddish, Dario Saric, first-round pick. Phoenix would receive Terry Rozier and Isaiah Hartenstein. New York would receive Jay Crowder, Mason Plumley, and Tory Craig. You can see the trade listed on your paper. So Charlotte would receive Cam Reddish, Saric, and a first-round pick. If you're Mitch Kupchak, are you saying deal or no deal, Wes Bryant? Uh, I would say deal to this because I get a first-round pick. Uh, Cam Reddish is still a young guy, still trying to find his way. Do I ever think that he will? Probably not. But you could get him in here and see what he has for the rest of the season because he would get plenty of minutes to go out there and showcase what it is that he can do. We know Dario Sarge is an old vet, uh, three-point shooting uh, European player. So, you know, he won't hurt to have, and he is a veteran, an adult in the room that you could add as well. But to me, the first-round pick 
and perhaps the potential that I'm not quite sure is there with Cam Reddish for you to see what he's got the rest of the season. I, I, I think I've said this before about Cam Reddish. He's a guy that I think I'm not going to be able to quit. I loved Cam Reddish when he went to Duke, mm. and it was an underwhelming year for him. Yeah. I mean, he clearly was the third best player, but it's funny to hear guys like Anthony Edwards and other high school players talk about how Cam would just cook them in high school. To have that size, to have that mobility, defensively, his numbers are pretty decent if you look at what he's been able to do, and so maybe there's some upside there, but he, he's just a guy I, I can get clowned. Honestly, I welcome it. Like, I just don't know if I'll be able to quit Cam Reddish, and so I would be down for this as well. Plus, getting a first-round pick, Dario Sarge comes off of the books. I think I'd go deal, too. Yeah. I think I would go deal. Fitty, what about you? Your New York Knicks are involved here. Are you saying deal if you're Mitch Kupchak or no deal? Yeah, no, I think I'm saying deal as well. You get off of Terry Rozier's contract for a undersized, inefficient guard. You trade away Mason Plumley, which creates room for Mark Williams to play meaningful minutes right. down the stretch because there's no excuse for Steve Clifford to play him one minute in a game the rest of the way. But more importantly, you get those first-round picks that Mitch Kupchak uh, covets as much as he covets second-round picks. So I'm saying deal to that. Yeah, he does covet second-round picks. And then what about uh, Jay Crowder and Mason Plumley coming to your Knicks, City? What do you think about that? Uh, they'll look really good sitting on Tom Thibodeau's bench. No, well, I mean, Jay Crowder, that's your boy, Wes. You... you, you have right. to uh, try to figure out every time he's mentioned in rumors. The guy that everybody wants but always gets <laughs> traded. That's right. All right, now here's an interesting one. It, this one's fascinating. Ian Black of Sports Illustrated wrote this one. Never lost! That's right. We're going to have to hear your LeVar Ball impression on this one. <laughs> Charlotte would receive Lonzo Ball and Io DeSunmu in exchange for Terry Rozier. Deal or no deal, Mitch Kupchak bringing Lonzo to play with his brother Lamella. I'm here for it all day long. Ball in the family, LeVar in the crowd, making championship predictions the day that the trade is made. Now, Lonzo's injury situation is a bit scary. He can't figure it's out what's going scary. on. Chicago can't figure out what's going on. But listen, he's got $20 million in 2023-24 coming to him and then a player option, but if, you, if he decides to opt into it, it's $21 million, which in NBA money is sizable, but not just a killer. But if you can get him back and get him healthy, I think playing with his brother, give him a little morale boost. Uh, I think that would be pretty good. And you get a good defender out there on the perimeter. Now, how he will be coming back from said knee injury uh, is a, a lot to be seen there. But if you do get him back and get him healthy, you get a 3 and D point guard. He'll be able to play with his brother. And like I said, the ball effect will be in full swing here in the Queen City. <laughs> Never yeah. lost! I had to laugh at that one. I can't get mad at Fitty for laughing at that. There, there's so many different ways you could have phrased it, and that's the way you decided to phrase it, talking about swinging and whatnot. Uh, well, Pat James, he wrote in deal a couple of times. I just wanted to point out the injury situation real quickly. This was an update written on January 29th, just to show you how serious it is. Yeah. So, the last time he played was January 14th of 2022. Yeah. After evaluation of his knee, it was determined that he had a torn meniscus, he underwent surgery, he was expected back in six to eight weeks, and here we are, more than a year, and the dude has not played basketball. But you're right. 
not only is it going to be fun to have the Ball brothers in town, but the fact that he's an awesome fit, I think legitimately Lonzo plays very well. I, I, I love the style that they could play in the backcourt, so I would be in favor. Chino Hills, baby. But, but, but he hasn't played in over Charlotte a year. I don't, I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be risky. But, but I owe to Soon Moon nothing to, to uh, um, yeah, just kind of cast aside as well. Too. All right, Fiddy, final one for you. Rapid fire. You going yes or no on this? Yeah, I'm saying mm-hmm. no deal because it's yeah. not worth the headache. I don't want LeVar Ball to ever come out of whatever closet he's in right now where he shut the hell up. It's not worth it. He's a distraction. He would distract his sons. And I don't I don't think Lonzo Ball is that great of an NBA player. I don't know how great he would fit with LaMelo Ball. They'd be another backcourt that'd probably be what you are with Terry and, and LaMelo, an inefficient no. backcourt that's not getting the job done. Uh, now, Lonzo, so... I'm a, I'm a completely in agreement with you about the injury. Like that's really scary. Yeah. But Lonzo's awesome shooting the ball from three now. I mean he's really improved yeah, he the last couple of years. Nearly as much as Terry does. Well, defensively too, he's very good. But yeah, yeah I mean it's it's uh. What y'all it's think really is scary. a good defensive player blows my mind. No, what you think is a good defensive player because obviously Lonzo is a really good <laughs> defender. I, I don't know what Lonzo universe you live in. Today, I, I, yeah. I would like, even with your so it'd be the battle of the injured knees between <laughs> Fiddy and Lonzo. All right, that'll do it for deal or no deal. We'll keep you updated everything happening with the NBA trade deadline. It's the 1 o'clock hour coming up next on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.